0: delivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door no matter the results you'll always be winning with muck delivery order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus rewards registration required points only on menu items delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com Saturday afternoons used to be full of fun and delight now, It's just like every other day. A day. This morning we all woke up to the news which we kind of expected to be fair. Mansfield Town's home game with Forest Green Rovers postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. What on earth are we going to do with our Saturday afternoon? Well, I'm sure we'll find something. It can't be as bad as last week where me and Nathan tried to put together a squad purely of lone players. Or can it? I guess we'll find out over the next hour or so. This is the Mansfield Matters Podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. And as you can see on screen today, we'll be taking a look at the last 10 managers and putting them into some form of tier list. Don't know how that's going to work. Also, over the next hour or so, we'll be talking about the new deals for Kellen Gordon and Harry Charlesley having a debate over more postponements, and much, much more in between. Some people would say that I have no authority here. Pipe down, Jackie Weaver, I can tell you. Yes, indeed, I do. Get involved in the comments, and get us through this wet, rainy, and miserable Saturday afternoon. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Good afternoon and welcome to the show for the fans, by the fans. My name's Craig Priest and joining me on this virtual journey once again is Mr Cam Felton and Mr Nathan Edge. We'll catch up with them in just a second. But boys, I don't know if you'll have seen this or not. Um, I can tell you in the last couple of minutes since we've gone on air, there has been some breaking news from the One Stadium uh the club are delighted to announce a change in stadium name as from uh, tomorrow the one Core stadium as was will now be known as Watermeadows literally no reaction from either of them that's disappointing i thought I thought that'd get a much bigger laugh to be honest
1: it doesn't even deserve a boo that's how bad it was i'
2: just I'm really disappointed you didn't have the sound effects what you know when they make that weird bird noise you know and just like do you know what I mean when it's silent? T- tumbleweed, you get the crickets, crickets in the background. Or, yeah, tumbleweed. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I wasn't
0: expecting silence. I was, I was expecting raucous Surely, laughter. Surely, when is... you
2: wrote that joke, you knew it was that bad. Nothing. You get no reaction.
0: Well, do you want to know when I wrote that joke?
2: Never. About sure, three. About ago. about three
0: seconds before the music bed stopped. There we go. It makes sense. <laughs> so there you go. Oh dear. I mean, Cam. Another Saturday afternoon. This one though, we probably saw coming with the weather forecast. We sort of said midweek when it when it was uh, called off on Tuesday. Uh, late on that, we probably didn't expect to to play again today. And. Uh, I saw a bit of a video earlier from uh, from Mini Mez on t- on Twitter, just sort of looking across the pitch. I think it was early, early this morning. Rain hammering down, pitch covered um, with, with the covers and what have you. It, with all, there's there's no surprise to this, is there? That it's off today.
1: No, it, it, it's disappointing because we just want to keep playing games and keep winning games. It's just not happening so far, and. Um, it's disappointing. I can't see Tuesday's game being going ahead either at this point, with the way that the pitch is at the moment. And uh, Mez put a video on, all the covers on. I think it was early this morning or late last night. I mean, we
0: are away Tuesday though. As far as are else? we away yeah. Tuesday? it's away at Warsaw. It's the rearranged oh, game. Yeah,
1: even that's not great because their pitch was. What was their pitch frozen or waterlogged? Frozen. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think their their pitch when we uh, that game was postponed due to a, a waterlogged pitch. So, uh, yeah, it Bolton the first that... time was uh, a frozen pitch. Then it was waterlogged pitch, waterlogged pitch, and waterlogged pitch.
1: Lovely. Well, um, I mean, at least we might get a game next Saturday at Colchester, maybe. Oh. But uh, <laughs> maybe don't hold your breath on that one. It's frustrating having to wake up on a Saturday morning and just see that it's been postponed and it's like, for God's sake, not again. What yeah. am I supposed to do with Saturday now? Well, what you do with Saturday night
0: would be, you know, join this, this, this marvellous idea which <laughs> I've got for today's show, which is going to be an absolute hoot, I can uh, I can assure It'll you. it never
1: be as good as the COVID Cup.
0: Mate, this is going to take the COVID Cup to a whole new level. No, not a whole new level, a whole new here more on that later in the show nathan I'm sick of, sick of hearing
2: about tears well that's it this is a different have kind of tear. tears in a minute with, with these podcasts absolutely keep uh, your
0: comments uh coming in Alistair's kicked us off this afternoon saying surely it should be watermill craig yeah good point and then uh paul's coming with uh flood mill um sean says on a positive note if fans are allowed back before the end of the season at least we'll have a few more games to attend always a positive Nathan.
2: Yeah, that's it. You never know. The the world is crazy as it is these days. Uh, We might have a big backlog that goes into June at this rate, and we could all be in there with our face masks on and whatnot, uh, cheering them on. But uh, yeah, we have still got, from uh, Martin Shaw tweeted earlier today, the remaining sort of Tuesdays we have left, and I think we've got four. So there is still time to fit these games in, but it's obviously what happens from now onwards. Uh, You know, we... Not long ago, we were saying we were we were one of the teams that played the most in the league. Now it's completely changed, and we've got games to hand over most of us. So yeah. um, you know, it's it's crazy how it changes so quickly. But um, so who knows what'll happen? But hopefully, those you know, there won't be any more than four postponed now for the rest of the season. But I wouldn't hold my breath on that either.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, regulation COVID testing at the start of the week. All we need now is for us to have you know had four games off. Due to frozen pitches, waterlogged pitches, etc., and then a positive COVID in the camp, that'd just be the icing
2: on the the, the top of the cake, wouldn't it, Nate? On the top tier, it would be um, yeah, absolutely. I, I just said I said it in the group chat earlier, just, just tongue and cheek. I said, "Wouldn't it just be typical that we'd you know finally get a get the pitch, or even whether it be an away match, you know, get to a ground where we can actually play a football match again, and then we uh you know then we get some sort of even if it's not us, you know, somebody one of the teams get an outbreak of COVID, and then it's another postponement. It just wouldn't wouldn't surprise me the way things are going at the minute. I just I miss football. And uh, what's football? Uh, well, I know a few months ago I didn't think I'd have been saying that, but can you the one time in the season when we go on a run when you never thought it would even happen, we do, and then and then we get this sort of luck. It's just uh, typical, typical Mansfield Town for us, isn't it?
1: I've just been looking through the league table. I mean, I, I don't know whether I think we dropped a place Tuesday night, Wednesday night, or whatever. But we're fifteenth. Port Vale fourteenth ahead of us. They're a point ahead of us. We've got four games in hand over them.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> mad, good. isn't it?
1: Although we've played the second least games, the only team that's played less is Carlisle.
0: Yeah, and they had a COVID uh, perspective They had a, a COVID block, didn't they? Ours as a game's
2: postponed again today. Do we know why? Cheltenham against Carlisle. I think that that's was what, before Warlock Waterlock I thing. No no no, Cheltenham yeah. have got covid. Have they I got covid I thought, in the cam. If it was that. Oh
1: god. Uh Bolton uh Salford Bolton's off today water club pitch. Bolton fans are an absolute ripping oh they they um they're just a- I mean it's I've probably Meazza's it fault. It's probably Mesmer's fault that you know
0: both uh, that Salford can't get their game I've, on as well.
2: But I've warned Salford as well to say that obviously the, the rearranged fixture will only be played on Ian Abbott's terms because you know he's the authority in this one. <laughs>
1: Uh, Scunthorpe-Oldham's off today I think that's also waterlogged uh, and South End walsall I'm not 100% sure about that one Yeah, I
0: think that's also a waterlogged pitch uh, this afternoon so, um, you know, it'll all work itself out in its end but it is mad that we've got, you know, four games in hand as it stands over the team which are, are above us only a point above us it, it's, there's going to be swings and there's going to be roundabouts so I'm going to come to a couple of questions in the comments in just a minute but um, in terms of, um, you know the the impact it does have on us you know we can't account for the weather the grounds team would have done all they could to try and uh, get it on and you've, you've got to protect the pitch at some points as well but having one game postponed Nath you know you can probably you know enjoy that extra little bit of rest two you can probably take three that's like ugh. but four is is a massive headache and to say now that we'll be able to sort of pick up from where we left off last time, you know, after that South End game, which seems like about two years ago now, it, it's not going to happen, is it? We are literally going to have to start from scratch again. The momentum is well and truly, you know, it's been drained away, for want of a better wh- phrase.
2: Yeah, I mean, draining away it would be nice right now, wouldn't it? If it was the, the water, <laughs> not necessarily that momentum. But, um, I mean, the, the gap between Alderman's South End, where we had the. We had a we had a ten day gap, didn't we? At some yeah. point, and and we were quite sluggish returning from that that first half. Uh, you know, we, thankfully we managed to pull through it and you know and get the win. But yeah, I think we all sort of thought that that sluggishness in that first half was probably down to that bit of a break. But that went now. When you think, look at that, that's nothing compared to the break we've had now. You know, it's been. I mean, what was it last week? It would have been the second. If we played that against on Saturday, it would have been the second game in 20 days so yeah. I've, I've not even got well I've lost count of what it would be now I think you're right yeah, I think you're right because
0: yeah. it was 10 days between the South End game and the game before and then it would have been 10 ga- days yeah. between the South End game and the Bolton game so so what
2: we're on to 27 now and then you're going to have yeah. another th- whenever the next one will be so you you're looking at a month really where you've barely played you, you've played for sort of one or two games like yeah. um well, one game in, in a month so that is going to be yes they're they're training but we all know that's nothing compared to playing matches. So, like I say, it's, it's just the fact that we was on such good form, you know, for, for us to come back in and just hope that we'll continue that same run of form, is going to be 10 times harder than what it would be if we were, you know, playing them back to back. So, but we, we, you seem, You look at Carlisle, you know, they were running away with it, then, and then they've just got back playing. Obviously, apart from today, they played midweek and then lost. So, it does show how how it can affect you. Uh, with a long, long time out, the, the positive is that we haven't dropped too far. So, that, you know, it's it's not the end of the world. But. Yeah,
0: I'd be a lot worried, more worried if this would have happened maybe a month or so ago when we were still sort of lingering closely to that bottom pack. As it happens, that buffer is still relatively there between ourselves and Grimsby, which I won't shut up about until, you know, the end of the season and we're absolutely safe and in League Two again next year. Mm-hmm. Um, one negative, though, Cam, to this whole thing is, you know, when you have these games postponed, sometimes you can maybe look locally for a, a, a friendly or even a you know a, a game in in the week to sort of maybe tide things over a little bit. With all the COVID, you know, securities and and things which are in place, that's not going to happen either. So, you know, you can't even turn to your reserve fixtures and your and things like that to uh, to play a game on 3G and uh, at the training ground just to get minutes into people's legs. It's it's a lot tougher now going to to. To, to be able to get us to restart again on Tuesday night, touch wood, um, than what it would be if if the whole COVID thing wasn't in. That's perhaps one impact maybe we've not massively f- thought about.
1: Uh, yeah, but also the the only playable pitch at the R H at the moment is is the 3G. The the pitch apparently uh, this is what I think Scott said it on Twitter saying that the pitches weren't even playable up there. So they've not really been able to train properly. So it, it swings and roundabouts. And yeah, if we threw COVID into the mix, um, obviously not being able to play friendlies. It, uh, fortunately, the youth team's now able to play, but there's still no no reserve games, no um, no friendlies between clubs. There's no none of that. So getting players fit and ready and fresh for a game is it, quite difficult because it's just turn up to the training ground, train, go home, do the same thing over and over again, get to Saturday, games postponed, go and train again. And It's just unfortunate, but hopefully this weather subsides slightly. I can't see it happening, but um, just hope that we can keep some sort of momentum going. I doubt we will, but I'd imagine players are probably absolutely rearing to be out on that pitch playing, though. So hopefully that gives them a bit more of a boost. When we do actually finally get to play again,
0: yeah, it's going to, it's going to be an interesting one to see how that uh, develops. I've got two sort of mini debates uh, for you. One of which is uh, sprung from the comments, and uh, Paul has said, uh, "Should there be a winter break for lower league teams?" Uh, Chris replies to that saying, "Maybe, but how come games are on in Scotland? Weather up there is worse." but they seem to cope. Uh, Keith says, Good afternoon, guys. Uh, The weather up in Thurso is not too bad. I really feel for Mez and his team. Just keep positive and the games will come back um, and watch the Stags go up the league. Nigel Clough will keep the team focused. Take care and stay safe. And to you, my friend, and to you. Uh, Let's go back to that debate, though, on uh, winter break for lower league teams. For me, Nath, I, I I don't think that's what we need to be looking into. I think we need to be looking in... Um, And I'm quite passionate about this subject, actually. Um, I think we need to be looking into the FA actually allowing the use of uh, 3G pitches in the future.
2: Yeah, I mean, first of all, on the the winter break debate, I mean, personally, I'd love it because I'm not a big fan of standing there out in the cold and rain when we can actually go. This is England, mate. Uh, We get about a week of sun. (laughs) I've I've also
1: got one. Nathan, you usually go... On holiday in the winter. That's that's why he really yeah, so wants, it. Why he wants it. That's why he wants it.
2: All right, you call you call me out fair play. But um, but no, I mean there's that but obviously in terms of the fixtures, I mean that you could have a supported argument for it, but then you also think the last 5 years we haven't had a single game postponed. So, you know, we have been able to manage it pretty well. It's just simply down to the fact that one I probably think this this winter the weather's been probably a bit worse than usual. But the fact that we've not been able to deal with it is mainly just because of the situation in the summer where we've not done the work on the pitch. So, you know, it's not a criticism at all to the staff or the, uh, you know, or or to the chairman for not investing in the pitch. There's there's the pandemic, that's the reason behind it. It's as simple as that. And uh, same for many clubs across the country. So I think we're just unfortunately, uh, we're getting a bad winter after that, uh, you know, after that decision to, to furlough or not do as much on the pitch in the summer. And we're you know, we we're getting the end result from that. So I think this, this season just is happening to be worse than usual. Yes, a winter break might have might have fixed that, but no, in our winter, you know, we could have done winter break will probably be in, in January. Well we're in February now and we're still getting games called off, so probably carry on until March knowing us. So you know, it, it might help a bit, but whether it do enough, I'm not so sure. Um I know you asked me a second question there, Craig, and I've already forgot. Three G pitches Oh, 3G pitches yeah well especially the part 3G pitches it doesn't have to be full 3G but you know you can the, was it did Harrogate have a full 3G or did they have a part no they had full 3G they and had, 3, had to rip yeah, it up full. completely right but you can't I, can you have part 3G
0: you can have we had I'm sure we had some 3 or 4G integrated in our seeding a couple of right. years back so you can have it's, part but it, it's, it the, the percentage is I, I mean we'd need a low, proper yeah. It's quite
1: low, yeah. Uh, also, I think the argument on the 3 g is they are more prone to freezing than a normal pitch. So you'd have, whilst we wouldn't get games called off for a waterlogged pitch, fr- pitchers would freeze a lot easier. Also, the argument in Scotland is completely irrelevant because most of them have 3G pitches. Well, no, this is this, see, see, this
0: this is where I'm coming into it because you know, um, it's not practical.
2: I think well, it it's is colder up there, and they're playing at the minute. I so. think it
0: is. I th- I think that 3G pitches are actually the way to to go forward because if you look at, you know, look at it all the way down from grassroots level, most kids when they start playing football will play on a 3G pitch. I'd probably say 75 to 85 percent of kids play their matches on a 3G pitch, and that continues pretty much all the way up, maybe to age. 16 to 18 and if you look at the financial benefits as well we're not talking like years and years ago when they were when plastic pictures were literally you couldn't wear boots and you, you'd get sandburns on them they it's been properly redone now they're in a much better state than what they once were and they're just going to keep developing over time and if you look at the financial benefits of it as well in terms of community use and renting money from it and you know renting out the the ground and the pitch to use for various other bits. It's an absolute win win. Most clubs have got a three G pitch at the training ground and will probably spend a proportion of their training time training on three G. Most younger players, I think Nigel Clough actually said it in his um in his press conference a few weeks ago, most of the younger players in the squad are quite used to it. Certainly the older ones. I think I think it's it's a, a plausible idea. And as for the idea of, you know, those pitches freezing, well that's what pitch heaters are for.
1: Yeah, but you can't really have heated course you pitches can. Course under, you can. Under, a, under a 3G pitch, it'll just melt. Of
0: course you can. You get a fire extinguisher, it's easy. Re- regulate the temperature. It's, I've got every answer for this, it's fine. So, I mean, going. to be fair
2: though, I mean, you know, if you use a comparison about Scottish teams having, uh, using 3G, but then you use the argument about them freezing, well, it's much colder up there than it is down here. Correct. Right? And they've got theirs on, so there's something where they can keep it, keep it from freezing with the right... There must be some sort of heating that would work for that, clearly, so... I think there is an argument for it, but whether it would ever actually happen. I mean, imagine if they announced that now that, I mean, Harrogate would be absolutely human because they've already, <laughs> they would, you know, they've, and they've already said that actually financially for them, it would have been better for them to stay in the non-league because they got so much through their 3G picture uh, in the, you know, cause it was getting used seven days a week. Yeah. Um, you know, they've, they've already said that, um, you know, that they are losing money for it, but obviously they want to be in the football league. So it was, uh, it had to be done. But you know, if, uh, you know that side of the argument certainly is a better one. I I wouldn't be surprised. You know they did the FA dig their heels in with it at the, at the moment, but I wouldn't be surprised at some point in the future with how things change that decision might come into play.
0: Yeah, I think it should as well. I mean, like you said, Nate, it's the financial benefit for for the clubs really which you you put in. I'd probably put a cap on it and say maybe Championship, and Premiership should stay at, at grass at grass, um, but certainly League One and League Two. There's a huge argument for allowing 3G pitchers to to be integrated. I'm not saying that every club should have 3G, I'm saying that the 3G pitches should be allowed and then the clubs can choose, you know, if they want to put a 3G pitch um, in place because I think the benefits from it longer term would be much more beneficial than that. And if you look at like local non-league teams as well, a lot of local non-league, and we're talking lower non-league now, we're not talking like Conference North and South, Um, we're talking lower than that level, but a lot of teams at that level, have 3g pitches in place because of the financial benefits it brings it's it's much more sustainable long term financially and i think personally if if there was a, a a vote in place to 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 allow it i think we should be voting uh, voting for a positive result and uh, you know voting to to get them in because you look at this season with the whole um covid thing of another prime example with the money side of things you know we've not got money coming in from from crowds, but if we had a 3G pitch which we could rent out when it was safe to do so, and when it is safe to do so, you know, we'd make money from hiring that 3G pitch out and uh, from getting people using it, and uh, you know, that that really helps to to add money to the coffers. So I think it's certainly something worth looking at going forward, and maybe these, you know, these teams who have struggled financially as well. Um, maybe actually it might help them a little bit to sustain going forward as well. So personally I can't see any negatives to it other than older players moaning that it's it's not you know not great for them, but you know, you're old for a reason.
2: <laughs> not good on the knees or the or the hips that's what we'll be saying. Absolutely uh, keep your comments
0: uh, coming in uh, i have your say uh, on your team we're going to talk new contracts in just a second Alistair says unfortunately the weather forecast for the next few days isn't good, heavy snow and minus temps in some areas um, Paul says all I'm saying is if there was a winter break it gives all groundsmen time to sort out the pitches. I'm not a- completely against the, the winter break argument I think there's definitely a point in that but it's it's planning when it's going to be because if we'd had a winter break in January when, you know, that's supposedly winter, um, then, you know, it would have been worthless because it's now February and it's now where we're getting our games. It's getting the right balance between having something in place and knowing when to put it, I think, is is, is the right way to look at it, Cam.
1: Yeah, I'll say it's, it, it'd be pointless having one in December. Didn't lose a single game um uh, so it always seems that we get bad weather after after december yeah. I think back to the like you think back to the conference days we were losing games left right, and center after december. I remember um every time that we seemed to get bad slowing snow so it always used to, seems to be end of january December, um early February, middle of february it's never never when you'd think that it'd actually come. So swings and roundabouts, and it's always been a debate in the Premier League whether they actually want to winter break and this, that, and the other to align themselves with the rest of Europe. And it's like, well, no, because it just ruins the integrity of the game. What's the point?
2: Yeah, I reckon it'll happen someday. I don't, I don't buy oh, ruining it... the integrity of the game. That's just uh, yeah. How does that ruin the integrity of the game? Yeah, it, it will happen. having a winter break. Everyone's having a winter break. It's not like some are playing, some aren't, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think it will happen at some point. Whether. Um, we'll see a massive difference from it I think that's just to be seen really isn't
0: it yeah, absolutely Dave in the comments says gutted was looking forward to watching a few games to help my recovery from ankle surgery I normally work Saturdays and Tuesdays and what happens all the games are called off as I said gutted well get, re- get well soon Dave we hope that uh, the ankle injury uh, uh clears up for you and uh, you get better soon uh, Paul says get some candles and matches Craig yeah why not to get them pitches melted and on um, Wayne says for me there can't be a winter break uh, what if the breaks in January and the weather's fine and then come back in February and the weather is so bad that most more games are postponed that will be two months without a game and would be a uh, difficult to get in before the end of the season uh, and Alice says how is Newport getting by at the moment Probably the worst pitch in the league resembles a swamp even in July. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, let's turn our attention to some more positive news, uh, Nath, and that is uh, that yesterday it was announced um, that uh, we've got some uh, players who have signed new deals at uh, at the club. Uh, this was the statement which was uh, on the club website yesterday. Mansfield town defender Kellen Gordon and midfielder Harry Charlesley have penned new contracts at the one-core stadium. The club is delighted to announce Gordon, who continues to impress at right-back this season, has put pen to paper on a a two-and-a-half-year deal. The 23-year-old has made 22 appearances in all competitions for the Stags this term. Attacking midfielder Harry Charsley has signed an 18-month contract. The 24-year-old has scored five goals for the club in a productive campaign so far for the former Everton player. I'm delighted that uh, two of our highly rated young players have committed themselves to the club by signing their new contracts. Stags boss Nigel Clough said, "I think both players have played a major role in our upturn in fortunes in the last three months, and this is reward for that." Your immediate reaction, Nathan, to the to the duo uh, signing new deals?
2: Really good news, and it, it fires on nicely from from Lapsley signing as well. You know, we've got three, uh, you know, very young players there who. Have clearly got potential uh, for the future, and and three that have played a, a big part in our season so far. Obviously, you look at, at Gordon on the right, and uh, you, know, you would have thought that him and it was between him and O'Keefe for that place, but you know O'Keefe's quite you've been out of favour lately, and Gordon's been in, and when he's been in for the majority, he's had some off games, but he's, he's shown what he can do, and we'd like to think that you know he will will continue to improve as he matures throughout the game. And and Harry Charlesley, for me, has been. Uh, you know, up there for one of the best players of the season. You know, he's uh, played a, a few different roles. To be fair, he's played sort of that like attacking, attacking on the right. Has uh, gone, he's tucked into midfield. Uh, you know, remember this is a sort of first full season in, uh, you know, in, in the men's game. Uh, if I'm right, I don't. Yeah. Think, did he go? Any, yeah, I think he came straight from uh, Everton youth, didn't he? So yep. First full season in the men's game, which is which is easier said than done. Um, and he's, he's also chipped in with five goals, uh, so you know, I think he's he's well deserved. What did he sign this summer? No, I'm he sure... s-
0: Harry Charlesley signed um, last January, so right. it was, it was okay. one of Coughlan's pre-match um, announcements. Was Harry Charlesley he played against us in the um, in the the Timpot Trophy uh, earlier in the season for Everton? Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, he signed in.
2: I wasn't sure if that was loan, because so, I was just thinking, I, I thought because every, everyone that came in the summer was on a two-year deal anyway i was thinking, this is this the same deal, but he's just being, you know, better financially rewarded for his good performances. So this isn't. So at least it is an extension, also, of his contract, which is, a, you know, which, which is a positive. Because so we, we, again, with young players, you don't know where, where, what, what could happen in the future. And so they could end up going higher, and it's a another financial incentive for for the club. So uh, it's good work by by the club overall. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Cam, what do you uh, make
2: of the the news?
1: Brilliant. Um... I think that while some people have I think I read somewhere on one of the Twitter things on about it, um, saying that Kellen Gordon's been rather ineffective and it's like I think that once I think that a lot of these players have become like we it's like we've signed new players since Clough came in or or at least Cochrane left and uh Coop's had charge for those two games. They just see different players, these just two games, three games. Three games.
2: Bolton Warsaw, and Sunderland. Correct.
0: Oh ah. Uh, Come on. on. know know your games
1: that's definitely going in the end of the season quiz th- isn't it? I that's definitely th- in I there. Was, I was thinking league games. Um and it just seems that these players like um Gordon and Charlesley have been two of the standout players since uh, since then so they fully deserved their their contracts and and they're definitely players for the future as well because obviously they they're only young they're still still developing and and hopefully tied into their contract there's a nice little um, release clause somewhere for a, a certain amount get some yeah. money off of me in the future yeah absolutely I mean Does it, it's, ha- the, it's, the, it's, it's all right tying them down to a contract but it all depends what's alongside the contract like is there a an appearance fee because I know that's that was an issue with um, a certain mr. mayonnaise
0: yes so absolutely it,
1: it's nice that they signed a contract, and it's good that we've kept them down to the future uh, for the future. And and hopefully we can. And, and should they want to move on, or should they get a, an offer in the future? Hopefully these contracts protect them, or well, protect the club, in that we don't lose out on any any financial gain from them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you know with David Sharp certainly involved now as well. I think. Um, those the future of, of them, and in terms of us raking money from that, will be protected. You look at, you know, I, I don't want to say the names, but you look at those the, the two big hitters who left in the summer. You know, the, you know, the financial packages will have been, um, you know, will have been, uh, will have been right up there for the likes of CJ and Danny. Um, it's not a podcast if we don't play that. And then, uh, of course, you look at the you know the deal that we. Like we did for Alistair Smith in, in January as well as he meant to, went to Altrincham, you know, we've secured um, the future there, we've got a bit of a, a, a sell-on clause in that one as well, so um, I'm sure those deals will have something along those lines uh, put in place. Uh, last little uh, bit of uh, transfer talk uh, today, I don't know if either of you uh, saw it, um, there was an article with uh, the Burton manager after transfer deadline day talking about players which he held on to. In which cam he confirmed that Mansfield were in for both uh, Akins and uh, Brayford, but obviously neither um, came off, and he was very keen to to hold on to uh, to both of them. So as we sort of suspected, you know, uh, the deals which we did quite late were because those uh, there was there was no movement on uh, on those targets.
1: It is disappointing because. We, we needed bodies to come in, and, and it is good that we got Sarkic in. But I suppose when you when Clough did want his main target, he must be a bit disappointed that he couldn't get them in. But I, I can understand the reasoning why, because uh, wasn't Ryan Bowman supposed to be going to
0: mm. Burton? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he ended and up staying at. He extra, was then he? going
1: to Cheltenham, and then he stayed. Interesting. If he scored today against Bradford,
0: hmm. yes. Yeah,
1: so. Uh, so Andy Cook's not doing too well. He's not scored.
0: Um, he's injured he didn't play today is, is he yeah, he's, yeah he's injured he took a knock uh, in the last game it's,
2: is he injured because it, it, it kind of when you read the uh, team lineup for Bradford it, it said that um, Cook doesn't have a didn't make the bench today it says something like no room for Cook on the bench today. And then underneath that it then listed players who were out for other reasons as if they were injured but it didn't oh, yeah, read well. as if he was I'm sure I saw some... was quite interesting I'm sure well, I, I saw someone on somebody Twitter somebody says injured but didn't say where where yeah. they got that from I, know, I saw it. it was, I saw knows. it
0: on Twitter somewhere. So, uh, so all there you right. go. Uh, well, that's yeah. I think I think we'll leave it there in terms of uh, transfer talk because it's time. Are you ready for this? For um, what I can describe Nathan Edge as a great feature, which we've never done before in four series of the podcast. Are you ready for this? Yeah. We are going to do completely robbing this off YouTube, off like people on YouTube. We are going to do a tier list. All right. Are you aware of what a tier list is, first and foremost? No,
2: you, should, you can tell us.
0: You should be. You should be. You know, you're a YouTuber. I'm surprised that on your channel you've not done no, a tier list. don't
1: the other side. Is is the tier list the amount of crying that Nathan and Craig did when Danny Rose left in the summer?
0: Do you know what? I
1: am not having that
0: from him. <laughs> Cam, you have no authority here. <laughs> just,
2: just kicked him out. You just kicked him out. Read it and understand it. <laughs>
0: I mean, to be honest, we will wait. Uh,
1: that's quality. <laughs>
0: we had to get it in somewhere. Right, that's it. That's that joke done. I mean, anybody that's watching that doesn't understand that, go and after you've watched this, Who go and Google. see
2: Twitter. It's everywhere. It is
0: everywhere. It's brilliant. Right, so tier list, Nathan Edge. I'm surprised. Well, you well, not well
2: before we carry on, I want to be referred to as uh, Stevie Wonder, not Nathan Edge. Thank you. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, right. <laughs> what? I don't, where's this come from? What's, what's... After, off, on that clip, if you've not, if you've seen the extended version... Oh, I have ...one of them says that she wants to be referred to as Britney Spears. So, obviously, I'm saying... I wondered I where referred... that had come
0: from. No, I'd, yes, no I've not watched... there you go. You
2: need to watch the extended clip. You've got to go all out there and find it. I'm to have to watch the and full it, thing
0: now, it, aren't I, I? Yeah.
2: I think it's her... You know the, the main woman, I think it was, that said something about being referred to as Britney Spears. So... Um, That's why I'm saying I want to be referred to as uh, Stevie Wonder. I
0: mean, this is what this podcast has come to now. We're just talking about generic things which have been on the (laughs) internet... We're not even talking (laughs) about football anymore because there's literally no football. football Right, exactly. Right, I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to go the past. So we're going to do a tier list for anybody that's uh, that's watching. I've got it scrolling underneath the screen as well, so you can see what we're doing. We're going to be rating the last ten Stags managers. However, as Nigel Clough is the current manager, he is excluded from this list. So we're going to be judging each manager on their achievements, their legacy. Um, the player signings which they made and the style of football along with our own opinions okay they're going to be rated into four categories so they're going to be rated into the top tier which is the goat which is the greatest of all time and yes I did have to google that Um, next (laughs) tier is the next tier is going to be uh, decent slash sad to see go the next tier underneath that is going to be average aka just filling the seat and finally the Graham Coughlin category, not fit for Sunday League. Okay, each category must contain at least one manager. Each panelist has one challenge card where they can try and persuade the other two uh, to move a manager into a different category. You guys at home, we want you to get involved in the comments uh, as well. So please feel free to do that. Uh, you understanding what the rules are, Nathan, and what the um, and, and what this tier list now actually is? Yes. Excellent, uh, Cam. This is uh, your challenge uh, for today. Um, I'd like you to name, in order, the last ten Mansfield Town managers.
1: Olga, okay. Right. Just starting from starting from the bottom, or starting from starting
0: from the most recent. Work your way backwards. To make it recent. easy for yourself. Yeah.
1: Does Coops count? Because he was only right. Uh,
0: let me just add that little rule in there. I forgot to say that. Caretaker managers do not count.
1: Don't count, right? Okay, that's interesting. Um, you, can't,
0: you can't. can't even think the of the Dave. most no, recent. No,
1: one. I'm trying. Now I'm trying to think. After that, Cocklin, Day, hmm. no Dempster, Dave, Evans, Maury, Cock. Duncan Russell counts does Um, Craig's favourite Billy McEwen one more Paul Holland
0: well done Well done, you managed to get all of those 10. And Paul Holland does count in that particular spell because he was appointed as manager until the end of the season and not as caretaker manager after a caretaker spell. So he does uh, indeed count in then. As was Duncan Russell, correct. Uh, Richard Cooper, though, on the other hand, was caretaker manager only and not permanent. As was, here's a test for you, Nathan. Who took the helm between Billy McEwen and that idiot who signed about 1,000 players?
2: I know, jeez. Um, I know, I know, I know. Go on, Cam. You seem very excited about this. Uh, Mark Stallard and Paul Lady. And who? Paul Lady? No,
1: uh, Aidy Moses. Sorry, Aidy Moses. Yeah, Idiot. I got Who's Paul
2: Lady? Who's Paul Lady? I got the Aidy? Aidy. Aidy? Is, Aidy. Is that relation to Paul O'Grady? Poor Lady, Paul O'Grady. That's
0: not Aidy. Aidy. go there. That's a different one, indeed. Uh, so we're Aidy. clear on the rules. We're clear on who the managers are. <laughs> I think it's going to be quite easy to pick. Uh, the goat. I think that's not going to take any arguments whatsoever. So, Shall we just go for that straight away? I think yeah. This is
2: going to cause arguments.
0: You it think? Interesting. Yeah. You think? yeah. Easily, goat greatest of all time is Paul
2: Cox. Who's going to that? Yeah. Paul no, Cox. I'm going with Dave. Sorry, lad's for Oh, get out. Are you? Are you is really? <laughs> nice no, getting the absolute bin. Are you? Are you actually? Yeah. No, I'm not. No, I'm Paul. Paul Cox. Nate, Craig, kick
0: him. I, I, no, I, I can't. I can't do it to him.
2: Only because I can't get back in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd, have, I'd have to then spend time adding him back into the core, which I just haven't got. So, there you go. Right. So, um, we're, both, we're all saying that Paul Cox is going to be the greatest of all time. Let's delve into why, though, Cam. In your opinion, why should Paul Cox be voted as uh, the greatest of all time?
1: I mean, it, it was just that season. Um, I think that we... Obviously, we achieved a lot the season before getting into the playoffs when we wasn't really expected to. Um, obviously, brought in um, players like Matt Reid, Matt Greens, Lyndon Meekle, Louis Briscoes, um, and were built up a good relationship at the time with Adam Murray, who was obviously already here. Um, and I just think that it, it gave us a, a good springboard for the following season. And obviously, it didn't start the way that we wanted to very much in the way that this one was this season started, not not a bit mediocre and just turning it round. And the the memories that that man gave us um, Lincoln in the FA Cup, um, Liverpool in the FA Cup, uh, Hereford away, Wrexham at home. It was just absolutely unreal. And I think that the... The Hereford away is something that lives long in the memory of every Stags fan. And I know it's something, I mean, I think I actually played it this week. I was talking to um, my partner about football and we were just going through old games and this, that and the other. We played that video. We played um, Craig's commentary, actually, which is absolutely absolutely elite, um, by the way. Also, your commentary for Lincoln away is also just as good. Is that the one where uh, Matt
0: Green scored the winner in the last minute? Yeah, and he darted not, over to the, darted over to the corner flag, ripped the corner flag from the the ground, and started lifting it above his head like he was lifting weights or something.
1: Yeah, it's it's not quite Hereford level, but it's still pretty good because it's it's Lincoln and Lincoln are pretty ew, but it was last minute and it was it was just absolutely brilliant. But it's just memories that, like that that stick in your head and and without. Um, everything that Paul did we I mean we want to got back into the league at that point at, at that stage and 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 yes it, it it ended maybe particularly on a bit of a sour one I, I think Paul resigned didn't he
0: Yeah it was a mutual agreement um, uh, it, for it's anybody that wants for anybody that wants the story I in lockdown 1 uh, did an interview with Paul um, which you can find on our website um full show the part of the stag stories series where You know, me and Paul sat down for a a good hour and a half just talking about those times and uh, he he spoke with real, real uh, heart about the decision to leave, that it basically just got quite too much for him and and he'd built up such a good relationship with the Radfords and he didn't want to necessarily spoil that going forward, he felt that he needed a bit of a rest. John Radford actually, according to Paul, um, you know, tried to persuade him to just take a a break for a couple of weeks and just clear his head and... um, and come back afresh and, uh, and actually after a month or so of having a break, he had a bit of a meeting and said, do you wish you'd have stayed on? And he said, yeah. And I think, you know, had he done that, he may well have been in charge for another three, four seasons as well. So certainly go and have a listen to, uh, uh, to that Stag story.
1: As well as um, Legends Live. That's also quite good.
0: Yeah, Legends Live was quite good as well, but I actually, if you actually asked me which one I preferred out of the two, I'd actually say the Paul Coxing. Yeah, because you can get
1: more, more into depth, and I, I think that that was a, another thing that Paul was very much an open and honest manager, um, and that was whilst he was with us, as well as the stuff that he's done in the uh, with us recently, like more recently with the Legends Live and the and the stag stories, and just you don't get as mansfield play, players and fan uh, and managers you don't really hear anything good from the club from sort of like a, a while ago more recently you do hear good stuff like oh he was a good club this that and the other uh, but paul was um it, it, was, it was it was in my eyes the, the best manager that we've I, i've ever seen i think it's and, go on just finish it's just that it's just the memories that you that you remember you don't like we remember a lot of stuff from when Evans was in charge when Dave was in charge um when Murray was in charge had some good moments under under Muzz as well but it's just what what it meant to get out of that godforsaken league and how long it took us and and what a fantastic achievement that it was and and to say that we did it with hall being not really at the level that he, he should have been at if you if you're totally honest you think where well, we're going from Eastwood, which were how many divisions below us at that point
0: yeah two or three weren't they they were the one below conference north at that time
1: north northern premier something like that yeah so it was a big step up and he, he if he, he really made it his own and and and, and got us where we where we needed to be
0: yeah absolutely a reminder that we're currently doing the uh, tier of managers at the moment the last 10 managers which is why you know there, there are a few older names who perhaps aren't in that mix uh, the rules very briefly are we're judging each manager on the achievements their legacy player signings and style of football, all as separate categories, um, of course. So I think on the Paul Cox one, certainly achievements and legacy are uh, are the two which sort of get him up there. Four categories. One is going to be greatest of all time. The next level down is decent slash sad to see go. Then it's average, just filling a seat. And then, of course, it's the Graham Cochran level of not fit to manage a Sunday league team. And that's where we'll go next, Nathan Edge, just to confirm, um, you know, Firstly, just confirm you're happy with Paul Cox in the in the goats category.
2: Yes, happy with that.
0: And then uh, happy with Graham Coughlin in, in Sunday League territory, yeah? More
2: than happy with that.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'd, where else I'd, could he go? I'd say even lower.
2: <laughs> Put him at the bottom of that category, then we might, he might be uh, in, his, in his right seat. He's about on par
1: with uh, David Lonesworth
2: at the moment. Although, actually, I think if we're going to give him some credits, well, obviously we obviously have got different categories. You know, although you probably might say a lot of this was David Sharp, but recruitment isn't looking too bad. Harry Charlesley, he obviously brought Lapsley into the building. Um, you know, the couple of others that you could you could put an argument in his case to get him a not not any not out of that category, but give him a bit of credit where it's due. So uh, we'll give him that. Ollie Clark as well, decent player. So there's a couple of positives. Yeah, the pro- the negatives definitely
0: outweigh the positives, though. Uh, very oh, yeah. quick, very quickly on uh, Clive's comment: Why do you, why is nobody praising Carlton Palmer? Uh, he doesn't fall into the last ten uh, managers, um, which is that's cool. not just the reason, <laughs> but also that's also that's the main reason at the moment. But um, for this particular show, but it's also not the reason, as Nathan says. Uh, Nathan, I'm going to come to you for the next one. Um, you can pick. So we've obviously got you know the rules are of course one person has to be in each category um, as well. Um, You know, you can put as many people in each category as you like. So if you wanted to, you could put another one alongside uh, Paul Cox. Although my argument then would be that you can't have two greatests. Um, but there you go. Um, but I am going to let you pick the next manager and you can debate on where you think they should go in the tier systems, all right? So uh, then we'll let Cam have a go, then it'll be me, and then we'll we'll go around like that. So Paul Cox in the greatest of all time. Uh, Graham Coughlin in not fit for Sunday League at the moment. So we've got eight more to pick from. From, take it away. You can have whoever you want over um, to you.
2: This one is a pretty easy one for me. Don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm going to put Dave Flickcroft in number two. It's not far off the... The greatest all time. I think if he got another season, he would have possibly got there. But like Cox, if we got rid of him in the playoff, uh, playoff defeat, then would we gone up the year after? I still stand by we might have had a chance on the under Dave. But so for that reason, obviously the point is it says sad to see him go, and I and, and I I wasn't the time, so um I would put him in the tier two, especially mainly I know we bottled it at the end, hence why he probably hasn't made the greatest of all time, otherwise he might have done. But, uh, you know, we went on our longest ever run of unbeaten games in the, in the league. Um, you know, we kept so many clean sheets in that time. And we also played some really, really good football as well. So, um, for me, he goes into tier two.
0: I'm sure, though, Cam, there is a counter-argument of the fact that, uh, I mean, I always maintain that whoever came in after Steve Evans was on a hiding to absolutely nothing. And that should have been John Dempster's time to shine. But that's irrelevant. That's another argument for another day but there will be an argument from some people that obviously that season we did fail to get promotion we are of course looking at those subcategories um you know, achievements and uh, legacy and things like that and player signings and on the other hand of what Nathan says whilst I'm in complete agreement with him that he should be up there in in the in the decent sad to see go because I was um you do have to argue that legacy um you know we're still in my opinion, we are still in a massive hangover from um, from that season. Achievements, we didn't achieve anything really in terms of a promotion because we bottled automatic and then we bottled the playoffs um, as well. Um, it's only really perhaps player stylings and style of football which swing that back on the other way. So I'd be interested to know on where you're going to go on this one.
1: I, I, This is going to cause some controversy. I reckon Evans and Flickcroft are both on the same level personally because I think had Evans have not left we would have got promotion that season then again Dave should have finished that season off with promotion and then he also failed the following season and and I think without uh, and obviously finishing, uh, should have done the other season getting, getting this promoted and we failed that as well uh, but I think going back to the whole Evans thing I think that I think a lot of what that the good players, that what what turns the players into the, what they are. Sort of like you see, Jay Hamilton really came came out under Evans. Danny Rose did. Uh, you got to think like bringing players like Alex McDonald in really changed the team. Um, I don't changed, shut up, uh, Christian Pierce. Changing him from um, I mean, he was a decent defender then, and he, he really started to become the chief under Evans and it was just, it started the mo start, just everything started going the right way. And and then obviously decided that um, Peterborough via China was, was the way to go. And it was disappointing. And And that's the thing we, we could have quite easily finished that season off with promotion. Had he have stayed for well, then come in. So, uh, and, and finished it off. So I think overall achievements and players and this, that, because Evans played good football as well, but So I think purely down to achievement-wise, I think they've both got to go on the same level. Nathan, what are you saying about that? I mean, for me personally, Steve Evans I'll have
0: a a bit of affinity for because, as many people will know, I had a a period of time where I wasn't watching football at all. Um, I was working at a radio station and I was going through a bit of a tough time in my life as well with sort of uh, mental health things. And uh, uh, Steve Evans' brand of football was what got me back watching. He was the manager when I, c- I came back to to start watching the club on a, a more permanent basis. Um, it was an exciting season. Uh, we all felt, when we started doing the podcast that year as well, we all sort of felt that um, he would perhaps leave us one day. We were under no illusions that that would happen um but i think it was the way in which he did it which he, which left a bit of a sour taste he could have said look i've had an offer to to go to peterborough um but you know i want to see out the the job here so i'm going to stay to the end of the season then then go to peterborough in the summer um it was just the the way he handled it and sort of um then obviously in in that transfer window after as well the thing with danny rose left a sour taste uh, it took reece bennett with him as well um it was a bit of a you know, it was a, that. It was that extra little bit of a kick for me, which is why um, I don't know. I'm I'm a bit on the fence. Uh, on the fence with that one. Where's your views on on the Steve Evans situation? Where are you placing him?
2: See, I'd put him not far behind Dave for me. Whether it just being the same, uh, it's in the same category. I'm not so sure. Probably, probably would be in the same tier to be fair. But uh, like you say, I think it was. It was more the fact of how we how we ended things. If um, even if he didn't stay for the rest of the season, even if it was just an honest approach from Peterborough, you know they're interested in the manager, like did like we did for Dave following that. Um, and then you know we I know we got the money off them in the end, but that's because we basically had to threaten court proceedings for you know for that to come about. So, but if it was handled properly and they approached us and and it was done correctly, then I don't think it would have would feel as bad as it, it does now. You know, I don't think there'd be as much hatred towards him as there is. So, um, you know, I think that's the bit that's left it a bit worse. I don't think this football was quite as good as it, as it was under the best moments under under Dave, Um, but it was still better than what it was. I don't think his signings were also that great. Most of the players that performed under him were were Murray signings. So his signings wasn't the best, but he did work at getting good out of those players that were already in the building at the same time. So um, that's for me why I'd, I'd probably also put him in tier two. But um, if we have to rank them in tier two, I'll put Dave above him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've not thought about ranking them within their individual tiers yet, uh, but we'll certainly uh, take a uh, take a look at that. But I think we're all saying at the moment that David Flickcroft and Steve Evans uh, are in the decent tier, Yeah.
2: I'm, a, I'm good with that. Yeah,
0: I'd say so. Okay, right. Well, Cam, over to you then to pick uh, to pick another one. So, so far, uh, to recap, we have four managers out of the ten, one in go, one in not even Sunday League. I think you can imagine which two they are if you've just joined us. Uh, and then Flickcroft and Evans currently in the decent, sad to see, go category. Reminder that everybody has got a challenge as well. So, if you're not happy with where a person has been placed, you can uh, challenge that um, as well. Um, Let's see if it will happen here. Cam, you've got uh, six remaining managers to to choose from. Who are you going to choose?
1: I think Adam Murray in the sad to see go. I think that obviously the signings that he did make are what propelled us to where we actually are. Well, where we are now and what were the, the the good times that we've had in the past uh, Mal Benning, Danny Rose, CJ Hamilton, Christian Pierce, Reese Bennett um, who else came in?
2: Loads <laughs> to Billy Key under him as well.
1: Yeah, Billy Key for a bit and I think that it, it was unfortunate because it was a rough ton, uh, rough uh, run of games that, that ultimately cost his job and I think the game that that sparked it all. In the end, was I think we lost four nil at Portsmouth, and then he got sacked, which I think is a bit unfortunate. And I think you look back at some of the games that we had under under Murray, the the two nil win at Meadow Lane, the the five nil, the and then um, winning again three uh, one the the season after that, and it's just it's disappointing because it could it could have gone a lot better than it did and i suppose we didn't really invest in the squad all that much from the season from when cox left and murray coming in that january we didn't really invest and then when the summer did come around we invested a bit but not enough to really get us anywhere and and, and, and unfortunately, that that's what's cost us. And I think had we have just stuck either stuck with it a little bit longer or invested a little bit more to get some better quality players in, then it could have gone a lot better because Murray's football, it wasn't the most attractive at times, but it won us games a lot of the time. It was where we'd struggled. It's actually where we struggled under Evans and Dave, with the, the really nitty-gritty tough games that we'd struggle in. And, and it was just that style of football that that suited us at the time. And yeah, but yeah, given, given more time, I think we could have done a lot better than we did. So, I think sad to see go has definitely got to be Adam Murray for me. Keep your comments uh,
0: coming in. Tom says Flitcroft achieved a playoff finish. I agree. Cox was successful but in the lower division, he finished lower than Flitcroft in the Football League. Evans had a big budget and jump ship before even knowing. Uh, and Alistair adds on Evans. Evans was poison, always having a go at the fans. His signings, uh, Angle and Spencer says it all, really. So uh, maybe some unhappy that he's in that decent, uh, sad to see go tier at the moment. But to uh, We've stuck Adam Murray in there. I'm just going to add on Adam Murray as well. Um, that out of all of these ten managers, if I'm if I had to pick one who I'd like to see manage the club again and have another stab stab at it, Adam Murray would be 100% the name that I'd want to to see uh, have a shot at it. And that is because, for me, he had a really tough job in taking over from uh, from from Paul Cox. Yeah, they had a bit of a fractitious relationship um, at times, um, and obviously worked together again in, in the future at Guiseley, um, and did the Legends Live together. He's, he's one that I'd love to actually sit down and have another uh, full-on show, just one-on-one with, with him. Uh, I know he, he doesn't particularly like talking, he doesn't really like doing those sort of interview style things, so uh, it could be a bit tricky. But um, my point is, with Adam Murray, he came in at a time where, you know, we'd got promoted to the Football League, he'd been the captain, he was assistant manager, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, he'd had that little bit of a fallout and, and, and what have you, and was sort of in charge of the youth team at the same time as well, and, and, and was juggling with that. came in at a time where we were stable in League 2, but with the way things were going, a change was needed, and were at one point in danger of dropping back down to where we didn't want to be after such good progress and did a really good job in showing the maturity to step away from being a player, being one of the lads, being the skipper, to then become the manager, having had no real managerial experience. And you've got to remember as well that um, he didn't really have too much football league experience around him. I think he had Richard Cooper and uh, Mickey Moore Around him is his sort of uh, his backroom team, neither of which had really had much football league experience. So to take that on and also take on a time where budgets were quite slim and had to be, you know, tightened a little bit in terms of enabling us to to be stable and things like that. That was a really difficult job. And like you've said before, when you look at the signings he'd made, Rosie Pierce. Some Mal, just to name a few, you know, there's some other ones in there who who had a decent spell for us um, as well. CJ, another one, uh, he actually signed some real good talent, and you know, maybe given another season or so, might have um, might have done well. I think it, it's just the fact that the whole Evans thing uh, for me, I always think that Evans may have sort of weaseled his way in a little bit as well. I think maybe we might have done something under Murray, given a little bit more time. And now he's gone on and had a a decent-ish career. He's had that spell at he had that spell at Boston, and um, where he was manager for a little bit to try and sort of cut his teeth and learn a little bit more. Uh, he had a spell, you know, in non-league as assistant at Guiseley, and then uh, has worked under a number of top-quality, high-rated coaches at Barnsley, and he's, he's really well thought after there as well. And I'd love to see him given another chance at, at some point as well with with Adam Murray. But I agree with both of you. Um, that um, he's in that decent, sad to see go category. Um, We have now, though, got three names in that category, Nath, and we need to put at least one name in the average just seat filling category. Um, And I think we've pretty much spoken about all the managers out of the last 10 who have done decent things for us. And I think the debate here is now going to be, which of the the managers fall into the the bottom two categories of average seat filling and uh, not even Sunday League. So it's over to you to
2: to pick which ones are left. Um, This is where I think it starts getting hard, to be fair. But um, I'm going to go... Let's try and put somebody into tier three. Uh, Remember who we've got left. So we've got... Duncan Russell, uh, Billy McEwen, and who's the third? So we've got Duncan Russell, Billy
0: McEwen, David Holdsworth, uh, Paul Holland and John Dempster are left.
2: I'm going to put John Dempster into number three. And although, I'm just being a bit, this is really hard. Although his time under us really, 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 really wasn't good. um, I, I think he was just always on to... I don't think it was ever going to... It wasn't the right time. We, we've said this so many times. Uh, I don't think it, we, he was ready at that point. Uh, and I just feel... I feel it could be, it'd be a bit harsh to pop him into that bottom category because of the simple fact that he was taking over a squad, like we said, it was on a massive downer after the playoffs. So. I say, like, it was
1: a poison chalice. No matter who yeah. came in was going to have a tough yeah. time.
2: That's what I think. And I think he, he showed... He, he deserves his opportunity because of what he did in the academy. I don't think we should forget that. So we talk about legacy, you know. I know this is technically talking about managerial times, but legacy, legacy for what he did for the club. I think what he did for the academy, you've got to take into account into the decision. So for me, that's why I'm gonna, I, I'd put him into tier three.
0: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting argument this one on the on the John Dempster situation. Uh, very quickly, Tom adds on Murray. Uh, Murray came in when playing budget was restricted and did a good job in keeping us up. He was never backed like Evans, Flickcroft, and Graham Coughlin. Uh, managers' achievements are all, aren't always trophy. Ask Mourinho uh, about second place uh, as well. Um, yeah, obviously we are looking at the the four different things, which the couple of different things which um, we're judging this on the last ten managers. Uh, a reminder: its achievements, legacy, player signings, and style of football. With Dempster Cam, player signings doesn't really uh, come into to it because he, he inherited David Flickcroft's squad, and like we've said numerous times, um, was sort of I, I, he didn't. I, I never thought that he actually wanted to take the job on. To be honest, I thought it was sort of a case of now's your chance; you've, you've got to take it. Um, style of football, I think we would, it, it was. We got rid of him quite early. I don't think he quite found that yet. I don't think he'd found quite found his teeth as manager. Uh, and achievements, well, there they weren't any in terms of his managerial career. And then it, it's legacy. And it's like Nathan said, it's the whole, we're looking at it as more of the player in the academy. However, for context, in terms of s- stats, John Dempster, uh, according to Wikipedia, which is, of course, Always accurate. Um, Twenty-eight games, seven wins, eleven draws, ten defeats. That's a win percentage of twenty-five percent. Graham Coughlin, by comparison, twenty-seven games, four wins, nine draws, fourteen defeats, fourteen point eight one percent. So, I would argue, if you gonna, I would argue that the two cannot be in the same category.
1: No, not at all. And I think I, th- I also think that. Dempsey's got to be given some sort of credit, and I, I suppose this is kind of a football manager sort of tactic. Obviously, the hangover of the season before. What do we do the season after? We're going by Kellen Gordon, Andy Cook, Nicky Maynard. Uh, it's like we've um, oh, we've lost Mister Nathan Edge. Has he gone? Well, I'll add him back in. It's all right. All you right. Uh, no, no, no. He's just disappeared. All right. Okay. Yeah. don't know where he's gone. Uh, just took his headphones off and left. Um. But uh, I think that he made some all right signings and it, ju- it just never really settled for him. Uh, and I think that's unfortunate. And we had a massive hangover um, from the season before. And I, think, I also think that the playing style thing was because they'd got in the youth academy, they'd got such a high tempo pressing football. Uh, that worked under in the academy. Worked under Dave, and then it just seemed that the season, when Dempster took over, it just seemed that the players either didn't have the effort or had lost their edge, and it, it would just like it just never never replicated itself. And the only person that seemed to have the energy to do it, oh, the only two players I could see that had the energy to do anything were Daniel Rose and CJ Hamilton. And even Hamilton was questionable under under Dempster. And I just think it was just a bit unfortunate because he could have done a lot better than he did. But yeah, he definitely can't go in the same as Coughlin. Um I think had he have come in with a little bit more experience and not been in a, going into a dressing room that with such a hangover, I think it'd have been all right. I if he'd have come in when just as an example, say he came in when Cox left or, or whatever. I think yeah, I think Evans right. is
0: the time we look at, isn't it? Because Dempster, yeah. Dempster was still very much playing when Cox left. So yeah, it was when Evans, Evans left. That's the 12 games then to the end of the season. He had nothing to lose.
1: Yeah, no hangover. And um, it's unfortunate because he, he was an all right manager at the youth level and he, he just couldn't cut it at, Co- at the Football League. And I think that's unfortunate. But I think that's just a lot of the pressure got to the him and the team as well.
2: Because yeah, well,
1: there was we fans were expecting it the media were expecting us to go up as champions for uh, first second or third or whatever and it it was very much a poison chalice for whoever went in and it's just unfortunate it fell on the man that's still going to go down as a club legend in my eyes i agree captain of the of the team that took us up wrong was he captain for a bit he captained occasionally when murray was injured murray was
0: murray was captain
1: yeah, but he's still going to be a part of that team, and it's unfortunate because it, a yeah. lot, and now a lot of fans will just remember him as a rubbish manager. Unfortunately, just yeah. the way that our, our fans seem to remember things.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, he goes in the average category. That's I think that's a lot of that, and is by virtue of his whole career and the Stags in the time. But talking about obviously that fractitious time. Uh, as well keep your eyes on our social media because in the coming weeks we are going to be delving in to that period of flitcroft and uh and uh and, and dempster uh so he goes into the first uh average uh, just uh seat filling category naif you don't want to challenge that no you're happy with that well i put him there so yeah no. <laughs> well there you go uh which leaves at four left I've been avoiding it so far, but I think we've not had an argument yet on this show, and we're about an hour or so in, so it's time to say the name, which I hate saying. The man who signed 4,008,023 players, the lesser twin, Holdsworth, where are you putting him? Because I know exactly where I'm putting him, and that is not even Sunday League. Without a doubt, done. Same time. Three, two, one. Greatest of goat. all
2: time. Of... Got, to be, yes. got to
1: be in the goat. Got to Come be in the goat. You, have no it, yeah. you have no authority here. You <laughs> have no authority here. so we kick Craig out.
0: You can't kick me out. It's my call. <laughs>
1: we could kick you out.
0: No, if you kick me out, the whole podcast goes off air, don't, you idiot. Don't, don't
1: kick him out. Don't kick him oh, out. Oh, no, no. We could kick Craig off and then keep Mansfield Matters in. No,
0: you can't because then the podcast would still go off air because of the way I do this.
2: Don't do it. So... Don't, you Get can't do this. Me, guys. Get Damn, it. Exactly. Damn it! Exactly. Right. Anyway. So, so
0: come on, be realistic. You know he's not going in. Go. 100, uh, 175 million signings. Ninety-one games as a manager. Thirty-seven wins. Twenty draws. Thirty-four defeats. Forty point six percent win ratio, which is purely on the fact that it was there for a long time. December two thousand and eight till November two thousand and ten. Absolute moron of a manager.
2: Right. (laughs) Let's let's let's. uh, let's, He's gonna get mad here, but I don't think he should go in the bottom category.
1: I'd say average.
2: I'd say average as well. That that's a decent win percentage. Decent football, to be fair. I mean, it was very tippy tappy, and sometimes it was annoying because it was tippy tappy across the back. But sometimes we did get it forward, and play all right. The bit that let him down is well there's more than one bit but I think his his personality we all know is a bit of a bit of an arsehole um to put it put it nicely obviously uh you know my opinion is not Mansfield Matters um (laughs) no Mansfield Matters agrees there we go (laughs) come at me you dickhead Um, let's go (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm joking. and there's definitely no personal no no personal no, vendettas no, no no personal vendettas at all involved in this podcast and never would be um, from, from Craig's part so there's that pit that lets him down and obviously the fact that he did make so many signings yeah, I don't think there had been many players out there that would, that would probably praise his you know his, his managerial he, sort of didn't he sign Gary Silk
0: no Gary Silk? didn't he nope Gary Silk was here in our first conference season but I mean, he yeah. probably
2: did sign some decent players because well, out of some of them, surely there was a few in there that were decent. Right. But... The only two were if Alan we Marriott, Marriott. Alan Marriott,
0: Marriott and in. David Holes brought Alan Marriott in. He also brought Louis Briscoe in. They're the Adam only two they the, the, Yeah, he got him in on loan, but technically, you know, he,
2: nah. It's loans, of, of course it counts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. Uh, for me, I'll well. stick him in tier three. Well, I can't. Is decent.
1: Paul, Paul Connor was decent. Stag stories, go listen. Good chat with him. But the bloke, the
0: bloke, he just didn't it, we're, we're, What did we do? It came in with all this ego and all this reputation of. Yeah, he set you know, the foundations yeah.
1: for our Wembley season.
0: No, he didn't. He, <laughs> no, he did not. David Holswth was not in charge for any of those FA Trophy games at all. His fact. Players. No fact, He wasn't in charge for any of those games at all. <laughs> so I oh, never mind. I mean, what did like, he do? I'd... Did we ever <laughs> get to the playoffs? Did we ever get to the playoffs under him? No. Did we ever get promoted under him? We didn't. No. Did we? we did we run out of paper for the printer and the fax machine? Yes. Did we kill a thousand trees by having to get more paper brought for said fax machine and printer? Yes, we just
2: even throw we the environmental just,
0: we, we were just completely of it. and utterly stagnant and stale. Yes, I know we went through the transition of owners, and you can argue that you know it was in charge under uh, owners who didn't have a lot of money to to throw at the club and and to to throw at it, but uh, you know as soon as a good owner came in in in, uh, in John Radford. He saw straight through, mate. Gave him a bit of an opportunity. and He said, look, John, I've got 90 players lined up to sign. Uh, I need about four, four million as a transfer budget. Can we do it? And Radford's just gone, there, mate. Get out. Off you go. See you in a bit. And, you know, from there, ever since he left, the day he left, Mansfield have gone up, 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 and up. It, we went nowhere under him.
2: How? I don't even know how you can put it, justify putting him in average. You've said the big part there, that you're giving you know, the benefit of that, like would be the fact they we went for a transition. Well, we just said the exact same thing for John Dempster. And David Olsworth has a higher win percentage. And John Dempster barely
0: signed any players. David Olsworth signed about 4,000 trying to, trying to boost his ego and, and get us up there. We Literally, would have a different 11 every single week. You cannot port, you cannot say that John Dempster and Graham Coughlin were different categories and then put, then go and put David Oldsworth in the same category as John Dempster. David Oldsworth has to go in not even Sunday League. Where's he managing now? What's he doing with his career now?
1: He was director at football at Carlisle yeah. last year.
0: Yeah,
2: top of league no, now, first no, his no. Recruitment.
1: Don't think he's
0: there anymore. Well, Bin him, you know, okay. well. him off and now they're doing well. binned him off and now they're doing well. So
2: this is one we're not gonna not gonna agree on, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm... I'm gonna use my overall. Oh,
1: yeah, here we it's go. Going, it's going in average. No for the pure reasons that me and Nathan have said. Two against it's, one, innit? Two against it's one. He
2: can use his challenge card as much as he wants, it's unless two, the one, comments one. are gonna come and dig him out of this. Well, guess in, what?
0: Guess what, people? Yes, they are. Oh, here we go. <sighs> Your fake do... accounts don't count. Wayne has yeah, said, count. Uh, "Reg Holdsworth was just me, me, me." Thought he was bigger than the club. And that is a great point because never, There's ever. No Reg sorry. Ne- yeah, but you know what you mean
2: by it. No, no, no. It's invalid. Never, it's not factually correct. Never. Reg
0: never have you given backing to somebody whose ego was bigger than the club. You can't deny
2: that. You were, you were just backing up Steve Evans. What about he's got the biggest <laughs> ego in, in China? He didn't even go there in the end. Disgrace. <laughs> he got no answer for that one
0: Andy. no it's, it's just a disgrace that you're him <laughs> that you are putting that idiot in the average field I mean I'll obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna put him in there because I created the rules of the challenge card you challenged me on it you both outvoted me and it's come back to bite me on the backside
1: <laughs> it's about time shocking right next manager please here we go hang on just weather please hold up so we have something other than this to talk about I
0: mean this, this is... is about the weather it's turned out well so far. Right, next, go on, Cam. You you've got to pick one now. Uh, we've uh, got, we've I got think, McEwen, Russell, and Holland left.
1: I think i have got to go for Billy McEwen. That's got to be League because his football was horrific. That was awful football, to be fair. Nate? got any arguments on that?
2: No, I'm not going to disagree. I, no. I'm trying to. I mean, I was. I'll certainly go into all the games then. I'm trying to rack my brain to remember something from his time. And I can't, which I think says it all. That
1: season was my first I ever got a season ticket. And I I think I went to nearly every game and the football was awful.
2: (laughs) Was that a season when we were having the rumours about becoming Harchester United or whatever? No, no, no,
0: no, 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 no. Was
2: it not? Was it earlier?
0: That season was the season before with uh, Paul Holland and Billy Dearden. So for context, Billy McEwan... Uh, 26 games as manager, 8 wins, 6 draws, 12 defeats, 30.77 win percentage. Billy McEwen uh, took the reins uh, after the Stags were relegated and had the job of rebuilding the squad. However, if you read uh, or if you, you believe what was written in Paul Holland's uh, Talking Double Dutch uh, book, which came out a few years later, the squad list which uh, we had um, was very much um, put together by Paul Holland. Um, and not Billy McEwen. And actually, I believe we've had a few uh, players that have actually backed that up, haven't they, Cam? On the uh, the Stag store, we're talking the likes of uh, Mickey Boldin. I think, uh, mentioned it. I've had a couple more that mentioned it um, uh, in, in those shows as well.
1: I think. I don't yeah. know, I can't remember. I don't think I've ever listened to the Mickey Boldin one. I, well,
0: I wasn't there. No, was you I? weren't. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, this we've certainly had those those conversations. With, with, that's been said uh, a couple of times, anyway. So uh, for me, I don't think Did I can. You, go on. Who
1: brought who, who brought Paddy Shambles in? Billy McEwen, Aaron, era. Ah, uh, yeah. the first man I ever saw clearly Ian Greaves stand with a football. Well, there you go. I don't think we
0: can uh, <laughs> we, we can we can argue, can we, that Billy McEwens in. Mont, in Sunday in, League, in Mont, Sunday Mont, League Mont, uh, which leaves two more. Uh, let's go with Paul Holland first. Nathan,
2: where would you like to put Paul Holland? Um, probably average. I think. I agree. with Certainly that. not any higher. I don't think. Um, I, I, I think I, I, there's no way of someone up apart from it. I think probably just just being average. I think, um, potentially. Ah, oh, he he could have had a a better time with that. I think it was the timing he came in, you know, and took took that role. wasn't going to be easy. Um, you know, I think he's, uh, yeah, I, I just got to go with average. I think.
1: I'll say the team. It was already a sinking ship at this point mm. when Holland came in. There was no turning it round, and and it, it is unfortunate because the players that we had in that team weren't actually that bad. I think Carl Morgleton, He was a decent goalkeeper. He was aging though. Um, <laughs> uh, who, who was else here? Mickey Boldin, Rory Boldin, um, Bucco, Bap, Bap. Bap, Bap, Bap Bucco, Bapp, Bap Bap. Matty Amshaw, yeah, legend, Steve
2: Dawson,
0: yeah, was, Gareth Jellyman. Yeah, Jellyman yeah, Gell- was in Gell- there. Gell- I think it might have been Gareth Jellyman actually that told us about the uh, the signings thing. If I remember, of course, that's another stake story you can go yes. and listen to. Absolutely.
1: This is just, this podcast has turned into a plug sesh at the moment.
0: <laughs> Got to get that content out there, mate. Got to get that content out there. Got to get some out there. There's no football at the minute. So. Yeah, I think you're right, though. I think Holland is the average category. But can you put Paul Holland on the same par as David Holdsworth?
2: Yeah, because let's uh, rank them in the categories.
0: Yeah. All right, we'll rank them in the categories. All right, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that after. Um, so we're saying that Paul Holland's... Um, sure. In there then, uh, which leaves only one, which is the uh, the late uh, Duncan Russell. For me, uh, I, I wrote mine down. Not gonna lie, I wrote mine down before we started this, um, which is why you might have seen How me. How much has that changed? Two, one so far. One so far, and I think you know which one has been one changed. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I wrote Duncan Russell into the uh, into the average seat filler category. Um, however I would be tempted to push him up I'd like to hear your opinions
1: I think he's he's on that line between average and um, sad to see go because I think he'll always be remembered as the manager that took Mansfield to Wembley yes we didn't win but it was still the fact that we had a, a bang average season and at least the Wembley trip Kind of gave us something to remember that season. And you know by. why
0: we had a bang average season? Because we had a woeful squad,
1: which was put together by oh, who was it? Oh yeah, it was your mate, were not it, David Holdsworth? Yeah, but yeah, but we had a bang average season, so that makes Holdsworth bang average. Nah, can't argue with the logic there, can you? <laughs> and and, 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 and Colin, just, with, him
2: injuries, lead. wasn't it? That was the main issue towards that part yeah. of the season. Injuries, because didn't. Alan Alan
1: Merrick go out injured, and we had the greatest yeah. emergency loan signing of all time in, in David Groff.
0: Did he make our start in eleven? Yeah, he did. He did last week. Yeah, he did. In
1: loans, yeah. Yeah, the loan squad. Oh yeah, I, I listened to last week. It's not going to lie. Sorry, yeah, you, boys. You
0: should. You're. In, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. I was
2: in it, and I don't think I was listening either. Yeah, I, I mean, I hosted it.
1: I can't remember what happened, <laughs> but <laughs> bring, bring back that football, please. But. Uh, <laughs> I think I think we've always got to remember that season because of what happened, and I think that he's, he's another one. He didn't. Did he? When did he come in? It was like November, December. Yeah. So you, you got to remember as well with Duncan Russell that a lot of the
0: off pitch stuff was happening with him as well. So November yes. he took over 2010. Uh, left the day after the um, uh, about a week or so after the uh, uh, the FA Trophy final. Um, we under Duncan Russell we would obviously got rid of the idiot um, but we'd also been taken over a couple of months before uh, and then we had the whole issue with the ground being locked and was being locked out of the ground um, and all of that stuff in between as well didn't really have a transfer <clears throat> budget to speak of because all the money was being pumped and put into, um, into that area so yeah had his hands tied a lot and at the time, you know, gave us something to to be cheerful of, you know, we were rank outsiders for the FA Trophy, somehow got to the final and perhaps, you know, we're unlucky not to get to penalties and have a shot at at winning it and getting some silverware. And from that point onwards, you know, he transformed the whole buzz around the club, didn't he, Nath? You know, fans were starting to look forward to going back again. Yeah, the football wasn't great, but we'd got to Wembley, it got our name out there a little bit more and we were excited uh, for the future and... In other circumstances, you know, it might have been nice to, to see him given a little bit, bit of a go, but it just wasn't the uh, the right time. But for, for what he did, in terms of legacy, which is one of the things we're looking at this on, I think he, he left a very good legacy for me. Can I just jump in very quickly?
2: <coughs> go for it. Like well, you were uh, quicker, you'd have been done.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, uh, Nicky Maynard scored today for Newport.
2: Yeah, whatever. next, Move on. <laughs> yep, Makes 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 us feel a like that. better. <laughs> ah. Oh. Uh, um yeah anyway back to Duncan russell let's uh let's, let's go back to that um yeah I, I, the fact the, the wembley thing for me that uh, you know it's, it's a journey we'll never forget albeit yeah we lost in the final but to even get there was an achievement in itself i think the league you, you can't i think we'd always forget about that because the takeover happened that season so yeah it's always going to be remembered for that which it should because that's probably the, the moment you know our our football cup was saved, and and that was a bit where the, the ship started turning around away from that iceberg. To, you know, oh, to, great analogy! To, I love to, that. To, to safety. So, um, yeah, I, you know, forget about the league, which in some ways probably makes you forget about what Duncan Russell did. You know, what what the team was doing in the league, so to speak. <coughs> you know, never nothing was ever going to happen at that point. Um, but to to at least have that journey of uh, like say the Wembley in there you've got to give got to give credit to, to him so uh, I don't think he's quite like I say done enough for to get into that tier 2 but I certainly think tier 3 is comfortably in there for me
0: yeah uh, Andy in the comments says the semi-final Luton was one of my favourite games in over 40 years of watching uh, the Stags yeah un- un- undoubtedly and uh, as well on a personal note I don't come still remember that game I do. Uh, Duncan Russell was fabulous with me as well uh, as a manager and as a young journalist starting out as well. So uh, forever missed by a lot of people. Just to say as well, we've got a former manager watching us at the moment in uh, friend of the show, Mr Stuart Watkins. Hope you're well. We are ranking the last 10 managers. So unfortunately, you don't quite fall into the category. Should we, should we it, rank
2: him and just put him a great just, small time? Seems he's watching. Seems he's
0: watching. Yeah, I was literally going to say, <laughs> Absolutely. if we were, let's get him in there as well. We've got an honorary, we've got an honorary mention of uh, putting him in the go. One.
2: Stag story still at
1: Watkins. Go and watch that as well.
0: They're all yeah. falling out today, isn't it? They're all it's, it's, they're all pouring out. Go and watch that as well. It was a brilliant episode that as well. Uh, really good. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, we're all saying that Duncan Russell in the average seat for the category then, um, which annoyingly puts him in the same category as the idiot. Um, can't believe you've gone that. But, Nathan, you said you wanted to, to rank them. So, for, uh, for clarity, uh, the last 10 managers, we've got Hall Cox in greatest of all time um we've got in the decent category Flickcroft Evans and Murray in the average category we've got Dempster Russell Holland and the idiot Holdsworth and then in not even Sunday League Cochland and McEwen so now we're gonna have to if by Nathan's rules we're gonna have to rank these in order in those columns okay so take it away Nathan top put us you know put
2: those in the decent category put those into an order for us um, the only change I'd make is uh, so I go Flickcroft, then Murray then Evans for me yep.
0: so, so you're so you're
2: uh, going Flitcroft
0: Muz then Evans yes ok right then Cam your turn in uh, average in the seat fillers so you've got Dempster Russell Holland and Billy Mack no not Billy Mack sorry um, uh, the idiot Holsworth. sorry
1: or Holt was bottom.
2: But no, put him top, you fool.
1: No, he's got I think he's gotta go bottom out of them ones. Um I think that um Duncan Russell's gotta to be top of them top of them. Um I think that
0: I mean if you're struggling for me, I yeah. think it then goes Dempster and then Holland.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's got to be it. I I just trying to think
0: purely on if we look, if we're trying to stick to the rules. Holland did yeah. get did take us down, and you know Dempster we just, he just inherited a the, the team yeah, which wasn't so his at a time Holland where he wasn't ready.
1: All, Holland did also inherit. A t- I mean, it was an all right team, but it was just a team that t- couldn't win. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I th- I'd agree with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd take that. Yeah.
0: Uh, right, so then the bottom category—it's a, it's a toss-up. Who goes bottom? Surely,
2: Coughlin's bottom, right? Worst manager ever, isn't he? Statistically, I, yeah. I, the, the thing is, though, you'd say you could—you could argue, it's based on at the time the managers are in, it's hard—it's ho- harder to manage in the league two than it is the conference. And we were very—we we were very poor on the Billy McEwen in the conference, so it, I, I think it's—it's it's not as clear-cut in that when you look at it in that, that perspective.
1: I don't know. I mean, also, weren't we relegation zone when McEwen left? Don't think or so. Very, very close to it. Close to, we were. You know, we'd we'd been in under Coughlin. At least
0: we'd won games under McEwen's time. I mean, we'd not won any games this season under Coughlin. I I, I can't. I mean, it's, no, I
2: think yeah. yeah let's go,
0: McEwen, yeah, and in And also, yeah. you know, there's a game between them, uh, so McEwen's. 20, played 26, won 8, drawn 6, lost 12, 30.77%. Uh, Cochrane 27, won 4, drawn 9, lost 14, 14.81. So I think the math. should we let the maths decide on that one?
1: Which is ironic for Mr. Priest,
0: it is, isn't it? So uh, right, so there you go. So the definitive list is in. I'm going to go through it in just a second. Uh, final couple of comments from you guys uh, as well. Uh, Andy says the semi-final uh, was was one of my favourite games in 40 years uh, as a stag. Uh, Wayne, the FA Trophy final was the worst match I've ever seen. Uh, and um, uh, Mr Waki says greetings from Dakar. Uh, is by far the best absolutely in the honorable mentions <laughs> Agree, in our 100%. goat uh, section in uh, best managers. Maybe we'll have to widen it another day. Uh, just before I do the top 10 though, you know you know we had reservations last week Nath about um the uh, the the feature. I think today I think I've taken it up a level, right? How? Yeah, the, how? How? Because last week when it was the lone eleven, we were really strong. Oh, sorry.
2: Right. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Now you took it up a level from last week. I thought you meant from the initial idea you took up a level during the show. No, um, no, no, not at all. No. Yeah, I mean the level's still pretty low, but you have. I think we have succeeded in taking up a, up a notch. I mean, the fact that we've still got some viewers. I mean, wow. I, I applaud you. So yes. Yeah. And if you listen, if you listen to the audio version of this, and you stayed
0: with us as well, well done absolutely well done <laughs> um, but you know it's caused good debate and I think you know it, it's certainly something which we can do in the future for other categories as well you know we can debate we can all pick a couple of keepers each or something couple of players and put them in we can do last 10 seasons and, and things like that and reminisce on them Look, so we've got if the, if the postponements keep coming we've got content coming out of our ears
2: right that's what I'd say if the postponements keep coming don't worry because we will still be here at three o'clock, or whatever time in the evening, if it's a midweek game, we'll be here to provide entertainment
0: ish. Right, let's run through the definitive tier list of the last 10 Mansfield Town managers. So, a reminder that Nigel Clough was ineligible for this as he's the current Stags manager. Let's start at the very top the GOAT category greatest of all time, of course. There's absolutely no doubt whatsoever that that man is Paul Cox. Promotion from the conference, playoffs in his first season as well, and then league stability to follow. Honourable mention for Stuart Watkins as he's watching. Into the decent section, this is the sad to see go. David Flitcroft. Of course. Technically failed in his first season, taking over from Steve Evans, but we'll let that slide. Then we played some great football, signed some decent players as well and had some good memories in that season where we got to the playoffs. Adam Murray follows him, and then it's Steve Evans in third place in that decent section. Onto the average seat-filling section now. Duncan Russell is the top of that particular section. Could have maybe sneaked into the uh, into the uh, decent section for me. Then it's John Dempster, followed by Paul Holland, moving swiftly into the not-even-Sunday-League section, where it's Billy McEwen, followed by Graham Coughlin, and then without argument, without any doubt whatsoever, the worst manager ever, definitively, as argued by us over the last half an hour or so, In the last 10 managers is David Holdsworth. That has been your definitive top 10 tier list of managers. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because managers and Mansfield matters. In at 10, David Holdsworth. In at nine is Graham Coughlin. In at eight, it's Billy McEwen. 7 is Paul Holland, 6 is John Dempster, 5 is Duncan Russell, Steve Evans in at number 4, Adam Murray in at 3, David Flickcroft in at 2, and the winner, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Mr Paul Cox. Catch up on his stag stories by visiting mtscmatters.co.uk absolutely no arguments whatsoever in that definitive top 10. Uh, in the comments Nathan Alister says uh, top 10 matches of all times that'd be interesting. Ooh. So maybe, you know, maybe we'll have to add some rules like maybe we pick like three each or something or um we put it to a vote if or something. Two that,
2: I Cat- guess postpone we'll do that. You could get you could get <laughs> the not? categories as well, cup, league, Away
0: home,: Oh, yeah, there's so, there's so many subcategories that could split into, so I'll tell you what, the next time that we have a game postponed, which let's be honest, is likely to be Tuesday, we will do uh, our picks of matches, and we'll put a rule in place as well where we can't pick one of we can't pick the same match, because I think we'd all. Could, straight- can
1: we can we include sound bites?
0: <sighs> yes, we can include sound bites. Cam is now just going to pick bits of my commentary from from bygone years. Ridiculous. Uh, that's almost it for this afternoon. Uh, not long to go in the Sky Bet League Two fixtures um, this afternoon. About fifteen minutes or so. In that, at the moment, as it stands, the Stags uh, solidly in fifteenth place. Of course, didn't play uh, today. Harrogate in 14th are winning 3 1 at the moment. Port Vale below us in 16th are losing 3 uh, 1. I believe. Are they playing each other today? Yeah, they are. No, they're not. It's uh, Crawley who are being beaten by Harrogate. It's a bit of a shock.
2: Harrogate are also down to 10 men.
0: Wow. Ridiculous. Uh, if, so- if, if
2: Harrogate lost, then we would have moved up a place, virtue of Port Vale losing. Yeah, well,
0: possibly. Possibly. The only thing that matters though is Grimsby are one nil down, thanks to uh, thanks to Nicky Maynard. Uh, so he's doing us a favour. See, this is this is what I really, really why I wanted him to Cough,
2: go. To a... It's a tactical the genius. G- yeah, also, yeah absolutely. The gap
1: is eleven points, so we've got three in hand over Grimsby. Yeah,
0: and I think that is the the best place uh, to leave it today. We won't stay on and try and get all the full times because, frankly, we've got other things to do now. We hope though that that has filled your Saturday afternoon. <laughs> My thanks to Nathan Edge and Cam Felton for joining me and joining in the debate, and my uh, thanks to you guys in the comments as well for getting involved. We will do another tier list in the future. Lots of you enjoying it in the comments, so we'll certainly do that again in the future. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks very much for getting involved, as I say. Make sure you join us again on Tuesday night, where hopefully the Stags will be in action in the rearranged game. Um, against uh, against Warsaw we'll hope that that game goes ahead very quickly the fixtures for the remainder of this month hopefully Warsaw on Tuesday night then Saturday uh, Colchester away rearranged with game with Bolton on the 16th Cambridge at home on the 20th Harrogate away on the 23rd and then Morecambe at home on the 27th fingers crossed all of that goes ahead Get over to our website, mcfcmatters.co.uk, where you can catch up with old podcasts, including those fantastic Stags stories. All that's left for me to say is enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we will see you again on Tuesday. Why? Because Mansfield matters, and definitively, David Holdsworth is the worst ever manager to manage the club. Goodbye! Expressed in this broadcast are solely those of the individual and not those of Mansfield Matters. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
2: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network.
2: TalkSport. Powered by fans.